You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. What I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in. It is the, uh, what is it, a Wednesday, hump day edition, almost said Tuesday. It was off yesterday, but uh, we got Matt Coulter in studio. Lars Anderson has got the day off. He'll be back with us tomorrow and Friday, and also Ray Mellick. Uh, a lot of you remember Ray from well, the Birmingham Post-Herald, the Birmingham News, um, and also with Jocks 94.5, and uh, we'll be having him on here coming up uh, in the next hour, hour number two, so look forward to that. And uh, also, uh, hopefully, we get uh, Roger Hoover on today and spend some time with him talking about uh, the Crimson Tide. But a lot to dive into as far as the SEC this weekend. Missouri at Tennessee, 11 a.m. CBS start, early game there. LSU, the number seven team in the country at Arkansas. Go Little Piggies. Uh, beat uh, LSU for us, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Vanderbilt at Kentucky at 11 a.m. on SEC Network. Alabama and Ole Miss. They're at Ole Miss, 2.30 on CBS. South Carolina at Florida, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Georgia at uh, Mississippi State, 6 o'clock on ESPN, and Texas A&M at Auburn, 6.30 on the SEC Network. So halfway through the week, and a lot of news and notes coming out from Coach Saban about uh, this Ole Miss matchup coming up this weekend for the Crimson Tide. We're going to dive into it in a number of ways through, uh, throughout the show today. Also, we are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out the Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the Bowling 
of this generation and a ton of fun. And they do a lot of charitable events out there, raise a lot of money for a lot of charities throughout our area and uh, surrounding areas as well. Get out to Top Golf for Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Sonny uh, King. It's Tony Russell right there at Sonny King Ford, Oxford and Aniston, and get a chance to see all the great folks there at Sonny King Ford. All right, Matt Coulter, hope you're doing well today. I know we got Ray Melick. I haven't talked to Ray in a long, long time. And, man, what a great guy, great career that he's had in, in sports journalism, got into politics. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, and some of the results from last night. But, uh, man, I hope you're doing well this afternoon. Oh, it's great. And uh, while it was okay to have 83-degree temps, I'm fine with 72. It, it's a little bit more fall-like. <laughs> I thought we were back in June uh, for a couple of days earlier in the week. But I'm okay with that. Jay, the rankings are out. The, the CFR, the college football rankings are out. And I don't think anybody's real surprised at this. Although, I will say this from, I guess, somewhat of a crimson and a selfish standpoint. It's weird to look up there and see, well, Alabama's not even close to the top four. It goes Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Then uh, Tennessee is hanging tough at five. If TCU were to drop, you'd have Georgia and Tennessee from the SEC in the Final Four if they went out. Then you've got LSU. They are the highest-ranked two-loss team in any of these polls. Then it's USC, um, Alabama, and Clemson. And then you got Ole Miss hanging around there at, uh, at number 11. Of course, that uh, that's Alabama's foe this weekend. Jay, you got any problem with Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and the Horn Frog? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think that's exactly how I listed mine uh, the other day. The only difference I had was I had Alabama up one spot at number eight, um, and, and I actually didn't even have USC in my top ten, um, even though I think they're playing a lot better. I think they're getting a Lincoln Riley push and a, bu- a bump with him being out there now and the job that he's done just getting them to that eight and one mark. Uh, Clemson kind of got exposed this past weekend. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they're even sitting at number ten ahead of Ole Miss after the way they got beat down by a Notre Dame team that's had a lot of struggles uh, throughout the year. But uh, they, they ended up uh, dropping those six spots. I know uh, Ole Miss stayed even at 8-1 and at number 11. You got UCLA at 12. Utah at 13, who I think is a really good football team and thought they'd do a little bit better than they've done this year. But they're up one spot. Penn State at 14. North Carolina at 15. North Carolina State at 16. Tulane at 17. Texas at 18. Kansas State at 19. Notre Dame at 20. And uh, the uh, Illinois at 21, and Notre Dame was not ranked, by the way, last week. Now at number 20, UCF at 22, Florida State at 23, not ranked until this week. Uh, Kentucky not ranked, and they're now at 24. Washington not ranked. They are now at 25. So now, I mean, the, the top four, I think, is what it should be. I mean, I think TCU should get credit, even though it's in the uh, the Big 12, uh, but some of the teams they've played and how well they've played uh, in their victories to be 9-0 right now. They go to Texas. What do you think? Uh this Texas team is very, very hard to figure out. They can play like crazy like they did against Alabama, and then they can ebb and flow. But I don't know. Is Quinn Ewers healthy? Um, if, if he's on his game, then TCU may have some trouble. And while TCU is certainly undefeated and deserving of number four, uh, you know, their resume this year is yeah, they squeak by Oklahoma State that win by three. Had trouble with Kansas State. They win by Kansas State. They win by ten um, at West Virginia. Uh, had to pull away forty-one thirty-one. They win there. And uh, this past weekend, they had a tough time with the Red Raiders. You know, you can have a tough time, mm-hmm. but you can still be undefeated. I don't know. Do they win out, Jay? Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State. 
Um, my head kind of tells me, my head says no, my heart says maybe this team has something special about them that they can pull off these next three wins. But um, I, I would say with the next three that they're going to have a loss and that they'll be out of the top four. If I was, if I was betting uh, I'll on it. tell you what they do have. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've got Max Duggan, and he is one heck of a quarterback. And he gives you a chance, as uh, they have through nine games, to win anything. But I don't know if I'm just all sold that TCU will be around in the Final Four. But um, we'll see. Big 12 doesn't have a playoff, right? Um, they don't go to a championship game. So, really, they get by at Texas. You know, they've got to go to Baylor, and Baylor's not the team we all thought the Bears were going to be. And then you kind of know it's a box of chocolates with Iowa State. You never know what you're going to get. But, you know, those are very winnable games. They went out there in, right, Jay? You can't – they don't – teams don't back up usually, do they? They don't normally. Um, and, and in this case, um, it could come down to competition and kind of where the where they've got them. But, hey, they're sitting there. I mean, they're in number four. The hardest part is getting there. And, and they're there now. They just got to take care of their business. I mean, they can't control kind of what all the outside thinkers think. Um, and, you know, you're going to have an SEC championship game, a Pac-12 championship game, an ACC championship game, a Big Ten championship game. So those are going to probably knock some of the people out in front of them. So if they stay undefeated, I, I, I think they've got a, a really good shot of, of getting in, um, and, and, and they should if, if they do that in the, in the Big 12. Um, and be Big 12 champions, undefeated team. You, you got to give them credit for getting through the year uh, unscathed. So uh, we'll, we'll see it all kind of plays out. But it's going to be an interesting next few weeks. And, and again, I haven't given up on Alabama. I know uh, a lot of Alabama fans have. I mean, there's still a lot that can happen. I know, look, it's a very, very small percentage of that it might happen. But if LSU was to lose to uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M, uh, Alabama then would be back in if they're able to finish out. Now, look, Alabama's got a great challenge. This weekend at Ole Miss and uh, Lane Kiffin, of all the coaches, would love to get that win against uh, against uh, Nick Saban, uh, especially if he's headed to where some think he might be headed with uh, going to Auburn and being one of the top candidates for that new job. How big would that be, Matt, for him to walk in and, and have that win over Coach Saban from this year heading into next year mm-hmm. if he is the new head coach of the Auburn Tigers? Uh, it's crazy. I, I do want to correct something. Apparently, the Big 12, and, and something I should know, but I just it slipped past me. They do have a championship game. It will be played uh, like December 3rd, and it will feature the two top teams with the best winning percentage in Big 12 conference play, which right now it could be a rematch between TCU and Texas a and uh, and Texas from this weekend. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we will soon see. But uh, I don't know. I've just kind of been suspect of TCU, but it's hard to to throw a lot of shade their way because they are and have managed to be undefeated, something that I wish the Alabama Crimson Tide had managed to pull off. But uh, we'll see. I want to talk to you about Ole Miss. I think they present Alabama with a lot of problems, and we'll do that in just a minute. Yeah, and I think, too, a great story that we got into about Sonny Dykes a couple years back when he was the head coach, kind of his background, where he came from, and uh, kind of what his road to becoming a head coach uh, in a college football, college football. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. Stay with us. We're live from ABX, hour number one here on this Hump Day edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Are you suffering from chronic joint pain like Heather? 
So I have terrible arthritis and have had it for quite a while. And I've gone to all kinds of doctors trying to figure out what to do. And Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 52. Tomorrow, the weather stays dry and mild. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Tim Brando. So let me know when Tim Brando is up, and uh, he was not going to be able to maybe join us today, but then uh, was able to get away and uh, maybe spend some time with us here over the next fifteen or twenty minutes. We got Mick Gillespie coming up at twelve forty-five. He is with Bam Insider on three, and then eleven fifteen. Roger Hoover. I mean one fifteen, eleven fifteen. Roger's going to join us, and uh, we'll get a chance to visit with him about the Crimson Tide as well as they get ready for at Ole Miss coming up this weekend. And uh, also, uh, we got Ray Mellick's going to be joining us all hour, next hour, 1 to 2 o'clock. So look forward to that and catching up with him. So uh, all is good. But uh, guys, back at Tide, 100.9, just let me know when Brando is up and ready to go. Matt, I brought up uh, Sonny Dykes and talking about his career, what he's done. I don't know. Do you know much about Sonny Dykes? Yeah, you know, he has bounced around. But from what I recall, he has had success, and I think it a few times, and I'm going to go ahead and cheat and look him up. But uh, he's had success at places that maybe didn't normally. Wasn't he out west for a while? And um, he was. Yeah, uh, he, he was out. When he in Louisiana? Was he at La Tech or something for a while? He was at I'm SMU. Um, I want to say La Tech. That's, he was. I think 2010. He became the head coach then. Um, and uh, after coaching uh, Cal to his worst season at 111 program history in 2013, they went five and seven in 2014, eight and five record in Arn Force Bowl. In 2015, but he did finish the season in 2016 with five and seven record, his third losing season, four years at California, culminating uh, with him being fired uh, that January 2017. But then he gets the head coaching job at SMU, does a good job there, ten and three record in 2019, and uh, following success there, he, he is hired as the head coach at Texas Christian C- uh, TCU uh, prior to the 2022 season. But the the point I was making with you is, or was bringing up, is that. You know, he didn't even play football in college. Uh, instead, played baseball right. uh, at Texas Tech. He was a first baseman there, and uh, but had just a great stint in high school, uh, where he started and uh, began his career back in the nineteen eighty uh, ninety four. Assistant coach in baseball, uh, coach and uh, Mahanas, uh, Monahans, or Monahans High School in uh, Texas. Later, nineteen ninety four, he switched to coaching football as the running backs coach for JJ Pierce High School in Richardson, Texas. And then just went on and on and on from the high school ranks all the way up. Also served as a tight end coach for Hal Mummy, uh, which all of us remember the uh, the days of Hal Mummy and the offense that was created by him and yeah. the type of production they put up. Again, from Kentucky to Texas Tech to Arizona, Louisiana Tech, California, and then over to uh, SMU. So been quick, quite a journey for him. And, um, you know, just pretty amazing. You look at guys, kind of where they come from, where they end up, and the success that they have. So uh, Brando is up. Let's go and get to get the end. We're talking a little bit about uh, Sonny Dykes, uh, Brando, uh, Tim, 
and uh, we're talking about his coaching career, kind of how he got started as a baseball player at Texas Tech and then worked his way up. His dad, a very famous as well coach, but uh, I, I'm sure you've run into or been around Sonny Dykes being out uh, in broadcasting uh, in the Big 12 and other areas as well. But I uh, hope you're having a good day, first of all. But uh, any, any thoughts on Sonny Dykes and what he's doing right now at TCU? Yeah, he ought to be National Coach of the Year. If if, if, he, if he wins out, he certainly should be National Coach of the Year. And, and Jay, I've known him for a long, long time. And at my age, that's pretty much the case with everybody that I reference, it seems, in college football. But, um, but Sonny, I got to know on a number of different levels. First off, uh, running around when he was younger with uh, Texas Tech, and Spike Dykes was a legend. I mean, an absolute legend, and I think when you're seeing what, what what Spike was all about as a young guy on the campus at Texas Tech, he got a real understanding of what, you know, Texas football uh, is all about in the state of Texas, uh, the high school level and all the way through to Lubbock. A lot of people would never have known much about Texas Tech were it not for his father. His father um, is iconic. Uh, and was iconic, and and, and honestly, uh, one of the most congenial guys you would have ever wanted to meet um, at a time when guys like Grant Taft uh, were were coaching in the old Southwest Conference. Um, there were pro- probably a number of people that didn't really like Texas Tech, but loved Spike Dyke. And, um, you know, Sonny's got that kind of personality, and what he has done, how he's transformed himself into a great coach is by allowing his staff to have autonomy and and taking a CEO's approach. Yeah, he's an air right great guy and Leach and Mummy and those guys had influence over him. What he did at Cal uh, was 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 really good, but he didn't have the financial support necessary and Cal still doesn't by the way. That was the only place where he really didn't succeed was at Cal and it was because he did not have the financial support in Berkeley that he he really needed. He left Louisiana Tech for a Power Five job, but it was a not it was not a very good Power Five job in terms of the kind of support that you need. Uh, so getting out of there was important to him. And when he went to SMU and won a couple of Iron Skillet games, one of the games I actually called with Spencer on Fox, he beat Gary Patterson's team. He got the attention, I think, of uh, of a lot of those folks. And Gary eventually. Uh, you know, who know, who had known Sonny, you know, had hired him as an analyst, hired him as an analyst, and that was an important factor uh, for him without question. Uh, and it was one of the reasons why he got, you know, the job when he did. So with something else to consider when you look at uh, Texas Tech is that they fired a coach midseason. And when they did that, they had their eyes on Sonny. They thought Sonny was the guy. They were pretty committed to hiring Sonny. But I think that Coach Dykes had been at SMU and he had seen how plentiful the talent was in the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area. And he built SMU up big time uh, to a point where they felt they might have a chance to get into the Big 12. And as a result, TCU scooped him up before Texas Tech could get him. And um, so he's somebody that, um, that has, has found a home. And I think it's long-term. You know, TCU's infrastructure is such that even with only 10,000 students, undergrads, they have um, they have all the resources of an SEC school. That's not uh, the same at, at some of the other Big 12 locations, including Texas Tech. 
So I, I think he's in, I think he's in Fort Worth for good. I really do. Tim Brando from Fox is our guest right here on the Jay Barker Show and Network. All right, let's move on, Timmy, to the elephant, literally and figuratively, in the room here with college football. Uh, Can you nail down a couple of areas where you think Alabama has issues? And is is part of it that are people catching up with Saban, namely Kirby Smart? I I think maybe sometimes you guys can be a little too close to a story. Okay, I'm going to tell you, Nick Saban has not lost a step, okay? I agree. I agree. Yeah, college football has changed. College football has changed. And Alabamians need to come to grips with this, okay? I mean, it's not – Nick hasn't changed. The game has changed. And some of what the changes have been, he's not happy with. Now, he doesn't say it because it would cost him too much if he did. You know, he doesn't like NIL. He says he does because he has to say he does. He doesn't like it because he's lost his power as it relates to his roster. You know, Nick used to get everybody because it was Alabama, and he could get as many as he wanted. He could red shirt, he could gray shirt, he could do whatever he wanted. But now, because of name, image, and likeness, he can't get the numbers of players at every position that he once got. So the domination is gone. And yeah, Kirby's a factor. Sure. He's gone in and gotten players that under normal circumstances, maybe Nick might've, uh, might've uh, gotten, but the facts are college football in and of itself is not the same as it once was. And it will forever continue to change. And Saban is going to have to come to a determination as to whether he wants to continue with a changed environment or not. And uh, ultimately, uh, Matt, I think that's going to be the factor in whether he decides to go another five, six, seven years or, you know, table it and, and maybe do some other things for, for college football's benefit as opposed to Alabama's. But, no, this idea that uh, he's lost a step or it's the end of the I – mean, how many times has that been said before? After how many losses to Clemson in national title games was that debate brought out? I mean, we've got a defunct, lousy – lazy media that just wants to take a talking point and put it on an embrace debate show on cable TV and, and make millions of dollars because it's easy. This, that's not the answer. Okay. Nick is fine. Uh, the team isn't because, uh, college football in and of itself is changed. Tim Brendo, Fox Sports, joining us as he does each week. Always great to have him on. As, as we're on this topic, talking about Georgia and, and where they're at right now and their dominance, uh, over, Tennessee this past weekend, and you know, you, you look at what Kirby's done. He said, "Look, you know, you guys are going to continue to move into this new age of spread them out and throw the football." I, I'm going to kind of stay in my where I know I'm good at, and that's running the football, play action pass, explosive plays down the field. I'm going to tighten up my my my, um, my formations. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. And he's kind of stuck to his guns, and it's proved out to be uh, to work really well and, and very dominant, especially in the trenches. Yeah, uh, and he's also been relatively healthy, Jay. I think that's yeah. a big key. Georgia has not had uh, nearly the injuries that a lot of other teams have had. They're not as deep as the team they had a year ago. If they start dropping a few players, it could impact them. You know, rosters are vulnerable now, even for uh, great teams, because they're young. You know, you got younger players on both sides of the ball, and that factors in uh, for Georgia. In fact, factors in for a lot of other teams. You know, um, 
you know, what happened to LSU to make them good enough to beat Alabama, but not good enough to beat Florida State and to get housed at home against Tennessee? Well, younger players evolved into better players. You know, if you if you keep players if you keep players long enough and they have some success, then they're going to evolve into really good players. And I think that's what's happened to Georgia now. Uh, so many of those guys that were replaced that are in the NFL now have been replaced by young players that have evolved and, and they've become deeper and stronger in their own individual talent. But that doesn't mean the guy backing them up is ready to go at the same level that that roster was a year ago. Tim Brando is our guest from Fox Sports. Uh, Tim, where are you this weekend? In state, headed to Happy Valley tomorrow. We've got uh, the Nittany Lions and Carolyn Terrapin. So I'll get to see James Franklin. Looking forward to that one. It's a 2.30 tilt central time. Ought to be a lot of fun. Uh, It's been a while since we've been to Happy Valley. What a great place. Great tradition. We need to get out of here and take a break, Timmy. Yeah, Tim Brando. Thank you, my man. Appreciate your time. And, uh, Look forward to uh, visiting with you uh, next week as well as we move even closer to uh, who's going to end up being in the Final Four. Tim, thank you. You bet. All right. Tim Brandon joining us from Fox Sports. All right. We'll come back. We'll have a quick uh, segment. And we got Mick Gillespie coming up from Bama Insider on three. Rick uh, Mellick will be with us. Hour number two as well as 115. Roger Hoover. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Insider on three at twelve forty-five. Just a few minutes here, but uh, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, Vanderbilt coach Dan Jackson, and uh, he had a post on his Facebook uh, commenting and defending Kanye West. Now has been asked to step away from the program at Vanderbilt until an inquiry was complete. Uh, defense coordinator Nick Howell now with coach cornerbacks interim, while graduate assistant Jimmy Thompson will also be elevated to staff as Commodores. Now three and six, zero oh and five in SEC play. We begin to uh, prepare. Uh, Lee, uh, the head coach, said Dan's agreed to step away for the moment uh, as we undergo an internal review through the Equal Opportunity Access Office as part of the university's process for addressing reports of discrimination, and they're going to conduct a thorough review to further understand the context and also agreed that it was best for him to step away right now to focus on the review. But um, man, you you have to be so careful what you post these days. I mean, I think sometimes it's a little bit uh, crazy, and um, others, uh, Matt, can post about other things or other political things or other social issues or other people out there, and nothing is said. And, um, you know, this guy put out his comments about Kanye West and uh, on his own Twitter account, and now uh, facing disciplinary action, probably going to be gone uh, from Vanderbilt. So, um, again, 
Uh, I, I'm not so much in agreement with all this. I think people have the, the right to say whatever they want to say. I think there's also you're going to get consequences. Let the market kind of decide. Uh, but I hate it when institutions are stepping in and trying to muzzle uh, people. I, I just don't think that's what uh, America is all about. That's my own personal opinion, not yours or anybody else's on the show that I'm speaking for. No. I'm speaking for no. myself, and I'm not defending what uh, Kanye said or defending what he's done. I'm just saying the actual right of the First Amendment and uh, and also your, your own private Twitter accounts, which uh, I guess maybe when you sign a contract, maybe they're owned by the university. I'm not sure how that works uh, for t- particular coaches. I know you're representing that particular program, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this has gone a little bit too far in different ways. I don't know the coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, I just think it's the principle of it all. Uh, freedom of speech all now is based on where you are and who you are and how you say it. Um, is this a, a, an offense in which you should be dismissed? In my opinion, not no, but blank no. Um, he just used poor judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. Not something you should do as a college football coach. Um, he knew better. He did it anyway. But, uh, you know, you, what do you do? You fine him? You sit him out of game? But for, to him to lose his job just because he said he thought Kanye was two days ahead of people? I don't get that at all. But you have to know if you're in a position like this that social media uh, can be a death march, and uh, he did it, and he's going to suffer the consequences. Unfortunately, Jay, I think the consequences are way, way, way too extreme. Yeah, so, I do too. And, I, and, I feel and maybe, bad for the guy. Yeah, and, and maybe for him, you know, maybe he thought that, uh, and I'm not making an excuse for him, but I'm just thinking maybe he thought, hey, I'm the defensive back coach at Vanderbilt where, you know, we're, we're not doing well this year. I got, got a little free time, and uh, I can make these comments or whatever, yeah. and nobody's going to see it or hear it or whatever else, and that's just not the case anymore. They, they find an opportunity. They're coming after you uh, to get you on any any level. I don't know. I, I, I'm just one of the ones that, hey, if you think that way, think that way about whatever, um, and you can, you know, it, it, that's your own personal Twitter account. Uh, if you're representing a university at a university event and you make those comments, I think that's different. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm off base on this. Uh, I'm always willing to grow and learn, but uh, it just doesn't feel right, you know, and uh, that's, the, that's the biggest thing about it. All right, uh, we got, again, uh, coming up in just a little bit, uh, we got Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider on 3 Media. Before we get into uh, some more stuff, um, again, Tim Breno making some really good points. Uh, and I love the fact, you know, I asked him about Sonny Dykes, and, you know, he, he goes on and, and tells all these great stories about the job that he's done where he's at. But I, I do find that, that story very interesting for them to be at, you know, number four in the country after – just really the climb that he's had, you know, through through the sport, uh, through, through coaching. And Matt, it hasn't been, you know, just it hadn't been roses all the way. He's had a lot of tough moments. Yep. He got fired from Cal, goes to SMU, you know, kind of turns that around a little bit and uh, still came in at a pretty tough time after, uh, you know, th- their coaching staff left and went to Arkansas. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you just keep grinding, and he's done that. And now sitting with the number four team in the country. Yeah, and uh, a chance to make a whole lot of noise and um, get another team in the top four. Uh, so th- that would be a very, very cool thing considering where 2CU is right now. Uh, but he has a, a very good history as a coach. And then, of course, his dad, as Tim mentioned, was an absolute legend. Till like, we, I think we lost him about four or five years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, back to what uh, Brando jumped on, and, and I agree totally, uh, these people that are cl- crying chicken little, the sky is falling at the University of Alabama. Um, are wrong. Nick, 
he can still recruit, probably going to make some uh, adjustments with his coaching staff, and he'll be back, and he will be ranked and threatened for everything in uh, 2023. Of course, there is chance, you know, something could still happen here in 2022, but it, it, it isn't likely. But people like to stand up on their soapbox and yell things like that, and uh, even though they've yelled it three or four times before, uh, they do it because it's clickbait, and it gets viewers, and it gets listeners, and um, it, it tires me, but I understand it because uh, they're in the business to get ratings and, and as a result, get revenue. But um, I do think the most important thing that Brando brought out is how much NIL is changing things. And I think I'll, I'll just say this and kind of let it go, but I think NIL has softened things. And uh, things are coming a lot easier to these players. And um, I'm not sure that it's spread into the locker room. I fear that it is going to if it hasn't already, and we just don't know about it. But uh, And I've talked to a lot of people in a lot of different areas, and this is just concerning Alabama because I don't follow, follow Auburn and Alabama for the sake of the show and because I love it. But um, I, I, I think you're – you're having to recruit a little differently in the transfer portal. You know, something I um, did not realize uh, until I think yesterday, Jay, do you know how many transfer portal guys that Georgia got this past year? I want to say four or five. Zero. Zero. Wow. I, I knew it was low. I, mean, I knew it was low. I didn't realize it was that low. That, and that's the thing. I mean, he's recruited so well. And, and again, his philosophy is different than a lot of people want to spread it out, do all this different. I mean, he's like, no, nah, we're going to play old school football. We're going to run it down your throat. We want to. And we're going to play action pass off of that. And, and we're going to keep the safeties uh, in the box. We can get explosive plays down the field. They got a great tight end in Bowers. Uh, the other tight end is really good as well. He's really kind of kind of coming into his own. He's had some injuries early in his career. But, uh, I mean, you know, he's like a – is they brought up uh, like another offensive lineman his size and his ability six seven right at 250 260 pounds all right let's take a break we got Mick gillespie coming up we'll get more thoughts from him about alabama Ole miss coming up this weekend can alabama get everything uh better get it right on the road uh we're looking for it i know the alabama fans are as well Mick gillespie with us coming up next You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. The Wise Men Club will continue its 60-plus year Christmas tree sale tradition, starting Wednesday. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 52. Tomorrow, the weather stays dry and mild. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Let's get right to him and Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider on three. And always great to have him on to get his take about the Crimson Tide. They travel to Ole Miss and uh, trying to correct the uh, road woes they've had this year. Uh, and uh, maybe can do that against the Ole Miss Rebels coming up uh, this weekend. Mick, great to have you on. I haven't talked to you since this uh, last game, but I uh, hope you're doing well. Hey, good to, good to hear your voice, Jay. And uh, yeah, great to be back on. Well, give us kind of your thoughts, just what you saw this past weekend uh, with Alabama and then 
heading into this game against Ole Miss. I mean, what a tough loss down in Baton Rouge for Alabama against LSU, and what a job Brian Kelly has done really turning that team around and uh, a huge win for their program. I mean, that puts their uh, their fan base and uh, NIL, everything uh, gets all ramped up, and they're all excited about the future, thinking we finally got a guy that can beat Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah, it was a good win for them, and, you know, kind of more of the same for Alabama. You know, this, this year's team, uh, they're going to look back and be pretty disappointed in the way that the season's gone. But, you know, uh, it's just a lot of uncharacteristic Alabama issues, you know, like the, the penalties and the lack of discipline, you know, missing tackles and stuff like that, you know, um, guys out of position. They're, but they're still tough. I mean, it took everything that LSU had to beat Alabama. Um Alabama's had the toughest road schedule that they've had since I've been covering the team this year. It's like an NFL schedule. I think you'll see a lot more of this when um, when Alabama, uh, you know, when, when we go to the college football playoff because teams are going to want to be challenged. They're not going to worry about losing as much. Um, but it's five really tough road games, including the game this week. Uh, we're, in a, but we're in a different spot right now because I don't remember a time where – Alabama's games were so insignificant uh, as far as the uh, national championship picture. Um, you know, it's not like they got blown out, but they lost twice. And, and um, you know, right now, I mean, it's, it's just playing for a spot in a pretty good bowl game and pride, and I don't know how that's going to respond to that. Tim Brando brought up a point a little while ago. He thinks that NIL has kind of changed things in the face of college football, other than just the obvious of the players getting played, uh, paid. Has it has it changed kind of inside the locker room and the way the players are now? They they certainly don't they don't lack for anything in certain areas. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard people say that. I I, I think that NILs changed the game because uh you know that the transfer portal because there aren't any rules anymore you know and in the next day the uh you know he had the old system down pat you know and now we're, we're doing it a different way which is basically you know anything goes and it's risk to kind of get an idea of what you can do and what you know how far you're willing to go uh and and then maybe all of a sudden rules come out you know we keep waiting for that to happen um you know I saw, uh, what was it, Marquise Mays, who played for Alabama. He's a good follow on Twitter, you know, kind of saying that, uh, you know, that maybe NIL, these guys aren't hungry. I think it was Tim that said that. Um, if not, he's still a great follow. But I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if it's NIL. I, I don't think that the – you know, I don't think Alabama's issues are that the team's not hungry. Um, I just don't think that they've that, – that, that, that this particular group – uh, you know, has, has figured out the fundamentals. And, and, I, and it could be, you know, to me, you know, I, I would put some of that on Nick himself, but I still think he's the best ever. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, some of his coaches, but it's also a big part of it's on the players. You know, they've got to they've gotta be able to live up to the standard. You know, could it be development? Could it be recruiting? I mean, they're five-star guys, but... You know, the wide receivers are never open, and you know, that's been a big issue for Alabama. The offensive line's okay. Uh, they're good at times, but they're not consistently good. And defense, they're not tackling. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, 
the the other part of it is that is that teams get better really fast now. You know, they can you can go out and buy a roster, which you know for a long time we thought that college football was amateur athletics. It's just not anymore. I mean, it's a pro sport, and uh, you know, and teams like Tennessee, who you know should be buried right now with probation for cheating. You know what they did, you know, a couple of years ago. Jeremy Pruitt isn't even cheating anymore. You know, so it's just a different landscape. Yeah, and and the university in Alabama better get uh, caught up. I mean, I brought this so many times with our shows, Mick, about NIL and some of the collective stuff and stuff that they're doing uh, at other universities. Uh, if Alabama doesn't watch out, they're going to be left behind in a in a big way. And you know, and also fans out there, you know, putting down the program and stuff. I just don't get it. I mean, it's like you know, you're hurting. Recruiting, I mean, you hit it on the head. The two losses by four points, uh, three and one. And, you know, and, and again, that threw a lot of mental mistakes and through penalties. I mean, they're not, it's not a team that's getting blown off the field by, by teams. It's coming down to those last plays. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, where, where I, I think, you know, a more talented team is not able to, I mean, a talented team is not, uh, wouldn't, or less talented team would not be able to stay in those games the way that they have stick in there and be able to be there at the end. Um, but it, it has been penalties and other things where they just had lack of execution, dropping balls, not getting open, not creating space, all those things. And, and I'll say this too, and, and, and Mick, get your thoughts on this. There's many days this year or many times this year that I've thought to myself after games, quit talking about anxiety, coach, and get in their ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Jay, but I mean, <laughs> I, I get that. And you're exactly right. But, this is a new era, and it's not an NIL era. It's it's a generational era, you know, of softness. Um, you know, you, you don't approach them like that anymore. I mean, like, I, I'll tell you, like, you know, I think it was about five or six years ago with interns during the summer, maybe a little longer, but not too much longer. You know, and I used to be tough love. Hey, man, if you want to make it in broadcasting, you got to do this, this, this. Tough business, dog eat dog, you know, and I really pushed guys to try to be their best, and I had a summer where, um, you know, they, they just, instead of like working harder and kind of figuring it out, like if it always happened, you know, they curled up under, you know, a table and, and were scared. You know, they didn't want to do it. They, they were, you know, hurt, feelings hurt, you know? And I realized that, that the way that you deal with these guys, it's like, Hey man, you know, you showed up for work late today, you know, instead of getting in their ass, you just pat them on the back. Hey man, you know, it, we really would appreciate it if, you know, you, you showed up on time. Like, I had a guy this this year who slept through a 7 o'clock baseball game at night, you know? And I said, hey, man, uh, you know, used to be I would have – look, used to be I would have I would have gotten on him pretty good. I called him up. I said, hey, man, I, I, I know it happens, uh, and uh, I'm not mad. If you do it one more time, you know, you can't work here, you know? But, but hey, we're cool, you know? that's It's just a different mentality. It's a mentality of softness, and it has a lot more – to do with society than you know than Nick Saban and the way that he deals with these guys and I think that's probably what he's dealing with you know I mean he's a lot harder on people than I ever been but it just doesn't work as much it doesn't work anymore I can't believe you didn't fire that guy (laughs) (laughs) you know I I, I didn't uh the other part of this though Matt and you know what I'm talking about once you have kids you know, your perspective on firing people changes a little bit. You know, it's like uh, he, I, it, that, that was, he had one he had one more strike. He actually did really well after that. But, you know, you, you just worry about your kid and you think, well, if it, you know, you would want somebody to give your kid a second chance. I, that's what I did. But back in the day, you know, I probably would have. 
Uh, Back in the day, I know I would have gotten fired. (laughs) Right. Well, I know. Me too. Right. Man, I tell you, it's crazy. Um, and, and, and here's the thing: is there are some there's some that are really great, and you know, so I'm, we're not we're not going to broad brush that entire generation, um, but because there are a lot of great, hardworking young men out there and women that are wanting to be the best they can be, and um, you know, they have, they're, they're probably most of them are very self motivated. Which, I mean, that, that comes from a lot of stuff as well. Mick, always great to have you on, my man. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, your thoughts about got about 20 seconds on Ole Miss, Alabama this weekend. What's your prediction? Look, I, I have no idea. I would love to tell you that I, I think that they're <laughs> going to show up. But if I'm betting, I mean, I'm always wrong betting on Alabama. I'd bet, I'd take Ole Miss at this point. Can't lose this one. I mean, if, if he was to win against Saban, wow. finally get over that hurdle and then headed to Auburn as the new head coach. Man, he'd have a lot of momentum behind him, Lane Kippenwood. <laughs> Alabama's got to pull it up this weekend, pull up the bootstraps and go. Mick, thank you, my man. Mick Gillespie from Bama hey Insider guys, on guys, three. Matt Coulter, Jay Barker. Hour number one is done. Let's get to hour number two coming up next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham, your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. It's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 
888-2269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. 
Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome back in. Hour number two, and we got a special guest in studio with us, Ray Mellick. We're going to be visiting with him here shortly. Real quick, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. We got to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation, and a lot of great fun out there for coworkers, family, friends. They do a ton of parties, birthdays, uh, bachelorette, bachelor parties, any kind of event. You've got charitable events as well at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Russ, uh, all the great folks, Tony Russell, and all the great folks there. <laughs> at uh, Sunny King Ford, Oxford, and Anniston. So a lot to get into today, Alabama Ole Miss, and uh, our thanks again to Tim Brando earlier, as well as Mick Gillespie from Bama Insider on 3. But, Matt, we got a special guest in studio, a friend of ours, and a guy that's very well known, not only throughout the state of Alabama, but all over the SEC and the coverage he's had, uh, not only from uh, sports and got into politics a little bit, and uh, also just been a great journalist uh, for so many years. But uh, welcome him in. Well, here he is. Hey, Ray. (laughs) <laughs> hey guys, what's up? <laughs> uh, I was just thinking um, when I called you last night. When did you come to Birmingham work for Post Era? Nineteen eighty-three. Okay, yeah, because I U- came in eighty. The original USFL. Yeah, um, we got to be good friends with the USFL because we both covered it. But then yeah. we also made it. You were on the Auburn beat for a while. Yeah, uh, we used to make much, that drive. Yeah. Uh, how much? So how I tell many you what years? was really fun. I can go back and my first. Uh, I went to work at at, at at the paper in Atlanta. I was covering Georgia in nineteen eighty. So I had Herschel Walker in eighty, eighty one, eighty two. Got the job over here, and I had the USFL in the summer, and then Auburn in fall. So I had Bo Jackson, like 83, 84. Mm. I forgot when I switched to Alabama in 85. So for a while, I thought Heisman Trophy winners <laughs> in the Sugar Bowl, that's all college football is. This was a great run. So uh, You put, yeah. should have picked up Alabama about 15 years ago. You, you had a few more Heisman <laughs> I know. Trophy yeah, winners. I left at a bad <laughs> time. But um, it, was, it was all good, and um, we got to – that's back. I think the media hung around a lot more. Uh, social media has changed that. Yeah, people absolutely. working for their homes. And, yeah. you know, you don't go to news conferences anymore. You remember how well, large they would be? You know, again, we sound like old men because we are old men. But I can remember going to have lunch at Pat Dye's house, you know, during mm-hmm. two-a-days. He would just come back over and eat a potato and going to, to Ray Perkins' house for dinner. Or, you know, uh, the coaches would have us over, and it was a, just a completely different relationship than, uh, than later on when it got more corporate. Um, did you cover Jay Barker? I I, I knew Jay a bit. Yeah, <laughs> he was a fair quarterback. In fact, my son asked me the other night, Jay, you'll appreciate this. He said, "Dad, you know what quarterback is still the winningest quarterback, uh, either by percentage or total wins?" And I got to admit, I thought, well, it's AJ McCarron. I think it's AJ and Jay still number two, if I remember correctly, and in, in either total wins and percentage of wins, Jay's one or two right there with AJ McCarron. Uh, it's in our intro. Number oh, one. Top dog, big cheese. All right. Yeah, number one. <laughs> well, I forgive me. Number for... seven is number one. Yeah. When, when they well, lost that one. It was a great run. Game. I mean, it was a lot. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that that stretch in there with when Jay was playing and, and Gene Stallings was as much fun as I think I ever had covering a football team. Every member of that coaching staff is still a friend of mine. And so many of those players are running to, and it's like it's just – old home week so it was it was a different time 
Oh. Yeah, we spent so much time with oh. you guys. I mean, you remember there would be an hour to two hours sometimes. If if the national media was there, it would be a you know two and a half three hour kind of ordeal. And you know we'd go have lunch or before lunch we'd sit down with you guys. You'd be right outside the dining hall and on the couches, and we'd go over there and sit down. And we'd go outside and and, and talk to Matt Coulter and NBC Sports, and you know with their with their cameras set up with the chairs uh, right there in the uh, um, in, in the courtyard. So so different. And I've talked about this many times with other reporters that. I mean, I really got to know, man, like Cecil and I were really close. You and I, we got to know each other very well, uh, as well as Matt and all these guys. I mean, there was just such great relationships. I mean, you guys got a chance to see us on a personal level, not just as an athlete. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think that also allowed for a little better coverage that we could talk to each other. And, um, you know, and sometimes stuff would happen that was personal. And you think, well, I, you know, we can talk about it, but I don't have to report every little thing that comes along. And I don't mean that right. if it was critical and it was important, you did. But occasionally you'd run into a player that had a family situation or something and you go, all right, I don't, you know, you explain that. That's, you know, we don't have to do that. Or you knew guys well enough to be a little more sensitive about that. Or, um, uh, we even could play jokes on other people with players. You know, I, I once got Roger Schultz to agree to say that he'd been moved to offensive guard, and because uh, this one reporter that we were trying to, to to get, and sure enough, I mean, he went and asked Coach Stallings after practice. He said, "Hey, I understand Roger Schultz is moving to guard." And Gene goes, well, I, no, well, maybe oh, he was awesome. there for so I don't know, but he's not moving to go. But the the young then the kid wrote it the next day. We were just, oh. I mean, I felt so bad. But where else could you get a player like Roger, or, you know, or, or Jay, or any of those guys, just to say, hey, help us out here with something and, and have some fun with it? So. Well, you picked the right guy because well, yeah. he would do, just uh, he'd about do anything. anything. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I remember going on bowl trips. Now, not during the regular season, but you know, we would go and cover the team for the entire week. Yeah. And I can remember when the curfews were a lot lax or didn't exist earlier. We'd go, and, and if they were of age, I, I would have a beer yeah. with some of them. Of course, I was a lot younger and, and closer in age. But, man, couldn't do oh, that. Oh, look, uh, Latrell Sprewell got left by Wimp Sanderson at the team hotel, and we stayed at the hotel. I had to give Latrell a, ga- a ride to the game because <laughs> <laughs> Wimp wasn't going to wait for him, and he left him. And, I, I you know, I guess, I, yeah, there's no reason I gave um, – uh, quarterback that came after you, Jay, that was from Georgia. Brian Bergdorf. Yeah, Brian Bergdorf. Rode, I gave him a ride back from Athens uh, from, from the game itself. He didn't want to go back with the team. I forgot. He said, hey, can you give me a ride? And I'm like, well, yeah, if it's okay with the coach. I, he probably didn't tell the coach. I don't know. Wow. But it was just, it, again, it was just a different deal. Wow. Boy, I miss those days. And uh, as I was saying, now you can cover you can cover a team without him going yeah. to the games anymore yeah much less the weekly news conference yeah yeah and of course now and and, and this is unfortunate and i wish it would change but it's not going to we just go to practice yeah i, yeah. I remember going to yeah. harvard practices because they had that unbelievable that staff was knuckleheaded yeah but they were great recruiters and great coaches but you remember going to practices and what was the crazy linebackers coach name um at auburn rousey yeah no. No, that was Alabama. Um, Herring. Yeah. Was it Reggie Herring? Yeah, Reggie Herring. Yeah. They would be they would fumble. Yeah. And the coaches would try and recover the football. Oh. And you know and they would be they would get cracked in the head with yeah. with helmets. Yeah. And Don never did, but the rest of the staff. Yeah. Blakely and those guys. Um but we got to see that. 
And yeah. I really don't mm-hmm. know that we ever reported it. Well, and, and again, I'll give Gene Stallings credit for this. Gene would tell us, he'd go, look, you guys are trying to tell the, the fans what's going on. You need to know. And he mm-hmm. said, now, don't write anything without asking me about it, which I appreciate. In fact, uh, which leads me to another one of those great stories. Uh, this was maybe Jay. It was 84. Homer was the offensive coordinator. And, you know, Gene always played those games who his starting quarterback was going to be. I'm not going to say who it is and whatever. And I didn't go to the postgame press conference or the talk with Gene, and I was out talking to Homer. And I said, well, I mean, who's your quarterback? He said, well, it's going to be Jay. Of course it's Jay. So the next day I wrote, yeah, Jay Bark's starting quarterback. So Gene said, gets me the next day. He goes, man, didn't I tell you guys not to write who my starting quarterback was going to be? And I said, Gene, I'm sorry, I wasn't in that post-game press conference. I was talking to Homer, and I just assumed your assistant coaches would know what the restrictions are. And I'll never forget Gene, because Gene says, well, here's the problem, Ray. I know you better than I know Homer Smith. That's right. <laughs> and that's I trust right. you more. True. <laughs> you know, I mean, because Homer, you oh, know, Homer had kind of been forced on him. And, yeah, and exactly. Homer's a yeah. great guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. But it was just, again, that's the kind of thing. Of Regina and I had known each other and yelled at each other and gone back and forth. And here Homer was his first year. Now, I was there when Homer was there with Bill Curry. So we had a pre-existing relationship, right. too. But it was just, right. I'll never forget, he goes, well, the truth is, Ray, I know you better than I know well, Homer. Well, that's just classic <laughs> stuff. I, I do remember Homer and his Ivy League brilliance and his yeah. unbelievable vocabulary. He was just an incredible offensive mind. Yeah. But he never did figure out the Alabama culture. I mean, he never. <laughs> but he loved never. it. He, yeah, he had a he house in Tuscaloosa. I mean, he, he, he stayed, stayed and yeah. lived on the lake. Yeah. So. North River. That's Gee, it. Uh, Jay, do you remember? Uh, uh, Homer used to do all, all kinds of stuff. But, like, one time he got on the team plane, and he'd go by and touch every player on the shoulder and recite a type of dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah, he I mean, had he a lot of great like conversations with, uh, with Homer Smith. He was he was awesome. All right, let, let's, take, let's take a break. We, yeah. We've got uh, coming up uh, on the other side, Roger Hoover from CTSA and Crimson Tide Sports Network. Ray Mellick uh, in the house with us today. Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. We'll be back. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain in your knees and back? You know, joint pain doesn't just keep you from doing what you love. It affects your job, your relationships, even simple things like it. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 52. Tomorrow, the weather stays dry and mild. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We got Ray Melican in the studio. Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. Joining us now from CTS San Francisco Tide Sports Network is Roger Hoover. He joins us each and every Wednesday and uh, about an hour later this this Wednesday, but worked out perfectly for us with Roger Hoover. Roger, uh, welcome in, first of all. And, man, what big night the other night, uh, Monday night, Alabama women get it done 98-51, and men get it done 
to 54 over Longwood. But I, I found it interesting. I was telling somebody, so I, I wish they could play those games like that uh, every night where the women play at 5 and the men play at 7.30 because uh, the crowd started getting there about halftime for the women's game. Student session was packed, and uh, there at the end of the game, 98 uh, points. Uh, the student session was going crazy wanting them to score, <laughs> but uh, Christy said, hold the ball, and uh, she got a few boos from the or good booze from the uh, student section, but big night for Alabama basketball. Yeah, it really was, Jay, and I'm glad you brought that up first. Uh, it was so much fun to be there and be on the call for both those games on SEC Network, uh, seeing the hard work that uh, Christie's team has done throughout the summer with so many faces back from last year, but then welcoming in all the newcomers, uh, including Sarah Ashley. We were thrilled that the great debut she had, you know, showing that defensive tenacity that we hated facing before. Now we get to see it uh, in crimson. It was really good to see. So uh, that was fun. The men's basketball team uh, looked really sharp as well. I uh, heard from NATO's all summer long about how long and athletic this team could be and the great defense they could play, and we saw it. I mean, the rebounding, the defensive effort was really incredible. I know fans are going to first go to the three-point shooting, but if you really look at the whole game, I mean, this group played such lockdown defense against a very good Longwood team the entire night. So, uh, I'm with you. I like having the doubleheader. For years, I did uh, Division three, Division two basketball. We always had doubleheaders like that, and everybody was there for both games, and uh, it was kind of a throwback to those times for me, but it's just great to be back at Coleman Coliseum again and start uh, what we hope will be a very long journey for women's basketball and men's basketball this year at Alabama. Uh, on the men's side, is Brandon Miller the real deal? I think so, Matt. I mean, he is just very long and athletic. He can flash to the basket. He can fly, as we saw in a couple of big highlights, whether it was great layups or dunks, uh, and then just his defense is number one. And that's the biggest thing with Coach Oates. I mean, everyone likes to talk about the offense, but uh, Coach Oates, if you want to play for him, you have to play great defense. You have to play with that Herb Jones-style toughness. And from night one, Brandon Miller showed he had that. So you can do that along with a consistent double-double like it seems like he can provide along with steals and deflections and all the other things that go into playing winning basketball. I think he is the real deal. Yeah, Roger, you look at it again, Roger Hoover with us from CTSN. Um, you, you look at just, you, you, you talked about Brandon Miller and watching him. I, I got a text from Brian Passing back during the summer. He said, we have us a one and done. And I said, wrote back, who are you talking about? He said, Brandon Miller, this new freshman. I've seen him in person. Um, the rave the rave reviews from the coaches and stuff. But you're right. I mean, I having a chance, I watched a little bit of the first half. And, man, just watching him up and down the court, doing the things that you know he was doing, you could just tell that, uh, this guy's got a, got a lot of special qualities uh, about him. So, congratulations uh, on that win. Let's go back to Alabama football. And uh, this past weekend, LSU a tough loss. They got Ole Miss coming up this weekend. It's really been some woes on the road. But I've tried to kind of temper things with a lot of the fans and different people, saying, "Look, they've lost two games by four points, one by one, one by three, and at, at the end of games." Um, I mean, this has been a team that's had all the right pieces in place. They just can't seem to have. I don't know, they just seem out of sync at times throughout the game. Yeah, the consistency just hasn't been there, uh, it seems like. And, uh, you know, it's just, we haven't, I still, I said it on your show last week, and I still believe this to say, I still don't think we've seen this group play their best football yet this season. Uh, we we're certainly hoping it'd be this past Saturday in Baton Rouge, and if you continue on that path that Alabama continues to be on year in, year out, competing for the SEC West and just trying to get back to Atlanta. But now we're going to need to see it against an Ole Miss team that is motivated because they still have a very realistic chance of winning the West uh, if LSU subs their toe and the two road games they have left of the two games uh, in the SEC they have left against Arkansas and then Texas A&M. If Ole Miss wins this 
this one, they are going to be putting the pressure on LSU, who does have the tiebreaker. So uh, Ole Miss has a ton to play for coming up on Saturday. So for, if you're Alabama, you've got to find a way to really match that intensity and match the creativity that we've seen at times from Lane Kiffin when he's game-planned against Alabama and got his offense ready to go. You know, that made that 2020 game a shootout, one of the most uncomfortable games of the season. Uh, obviously, last year, Alabama, had everything was planned, uh, jumping out to that 35 nothing lead. Uh, so you just hope that you have a really – consistent effort from this group and you just hope the buy-in's there for the players knowing that even though it's a tough road and a very slim chance to win the West at this point, there's still a ton to play for uh, for the pride of the University of Alabama and trying to get back to the Bama factor that we've talked about for a little bit. Now it's time to do it. It's time to do it in the game. It's kind of difficult when you say it and you read it, but Ole Miss has the leading rushing offense in the SEC, and that's just not something you'd think about with Lane Kiffin, but it is true. But Alabama and Tennessee have the best rushing defenses. Now, given Alabama sometimes struggles on offense, that they're a very good rushing team, you know, how do you figure that? Who's going to end up winning the battle on the ground there? Uh, that's really one of the key battles of the night, and I think it's all coming down to uh, how much pressure can Alabama's defensive line get on that uh, offensive line for Ole Miss, who probably doesn't have as much talent as some of the other good offensive lines Alabama's had some pretty good days against this season. Uh, but you're going to have to get pressure. You're going to have to get pressure on the run game and make Jackson dart uh, really uncomfortable and to try and take away from that passing game. Uh, I think it's going to be really critical for the Crimson side. And then on the flip side of the ball, this offensive line has got to find a way to make plays again consistently. Uh, we saw it near the end of the game. The fourth quarter I thought was really strong, and then the overtime possession, uh, the offensive line played at its best there, but for the first three quarters, it really had a tough time stringing much together. So uh, you nailed it, uh, Matt. This game is going to be won and lost on that line. Approach. Yeah, and i tell you the thing, too, Roger, about it is that uh, the Quinchon Judkins, uh, the kid out, out of Alabama, three-star coming out of high school, I think Auburn offered him Ole Miss, a uh, number of schools, uh, ends up going to Ole Miss, but Alabama did not offer him. I thought it was pretty interesting. Coach Saban had a really a lot of great things to say about this young man. Yeah, and he should because he leads all freshmen nationally in both rushing touchdowns of 13 and also rushing yards at just over a 1,000. So uh, he's a dynamic player. And, you know, Ole Miss had some really good running backs a season ago with uh, Sarah Neely and everything he can do. Uh, so it's part of Lane's offense is finding a way to have a dynamic running back to go along with what everybody talks about spreading the field and going downfield with a good passing attack led by Jackson Dart, but uh, Junkins is a huge part of their attack. Because Alabama is always in the four and, uh, and battling for the national championship, uh, can, it, it's tough for Nick Saban since they're already there, always there. Um, will Alabama be up to play this game after what's happened? That's certainly the hope, and again, this is the first time in 12 years we've really dealt with this problem uh, because uh, even the seasons that have featured two losses, the second one would be the Iron Bowl, and that would be after a chance to win. So it's the first time since you lost 2010 to uh, LSU that you've entered this part of the season already with two losses and not in the driver's team, the SEC West. So motivation is going to be everything for this football team coming up on Saturday. And again, if they can get that buy-in and played that consistent Alabama standard, I still think Alabama's team with uh, much more talent than what we've seen uh, from Ole Miss. Uh, just hope that it translates to a win, and uh, I think the motivation has to be there for this group, play in, play out, and just can't afford to have a bad quarter or a bad few series uh, like we saw on Saturday. Yeah, go out these next three games and not play well, lose one or two of them, 
and all of a sudden LSU loses to Arkansas and Texas A&M, you could have been right in the hunt uh, for yeah. the uh, SEC uh, championship game. And I haven't lost hope yet. I know a lot of things can happen in football and college football especially, but you just got to take care of business, don't you? You certainly do. And, again, for Alabama, they, I think it's just playing with – having fun again. Uh, you know, Coach David yeah, exactly. a few times that the players have dealt with some anxiety because of the lofty expectations of this team and, you know, living up uh, to the championship tradition of Alabama. Well, now you, your back's up against the wall. Uh, a lot of what you hope to do this season for the moment looks like it has gone away. So just go out and have fun on both sides of football, uh, play fast, play physical, play violent, and let's see what happens. And hopefully it happens in a good way on Saturday. Yeah, it, it kind of gets your perspective because um, you're you're the younger one of all the the bunch that's on right now uh, on the air. And it, I, I was saying this, I'm kind of tired of hearing the anxiety talk. I mean, I wish he would just get in their ass. What are your thoughts? Uh, that's kind of what I've always seen before, um, and I guess the, that's kind of the old school mentality I have as well. Uh, and that's also me uh, working in um, professional baseball for as long as I did. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, we weren't too concerned about feelings uh, in a minor league baseball clubhouse. Uh, so uh, I definitely probably side with you on that one, but uh, he has brought it up several times. I think that is notable. Thank you, Roger. All right, Roger. Thank you, my man. We appreciate you. Roger Hoover from CTSN always does a great job. Cryptotized Sports Network. You can hear him on the SEC Network. You can hear him on Alabama, all the different uh, things that he has each week for you. And uh, we always look forward to having Roger on the show. Roger, thank you. All right, Roger Hoover from CTSN. Stay with us. Ray Mellick continues with us in studio. Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker, The Jay Barker Show, live from AVX. Audio, video, excellence continues. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205 205- 
909-703-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There it is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC. Letter O. Welcome back in as we continue with Ray Melican Studio and Matt Coulter. Thanks again to Roger Hoover from CTSN. Joins us each and every Wednesday, normally at twelve fifteen, today at one fifteen. But uh, great to hear from him, Tim Brando, and also Mick Gillespie talking about Alabama Crimson Tide. It was a big night for them basketball wise Monday night again, ninety eight fifty one. The women get it done over Alabama A and M and over Longwood the Lancers. Alabama's uh, basketball men seventy five to fifty four. So big uh, starting night, opening night for the Crimson Tide in Coleman Coliseum, both women and men. All right, uh, Ray, we were talking earlier about a number of topics, but uh, I, I wanted you to kind of catch everybody up kind of where you're at right now and kind of all that you've been doing and uh, over the last few years. And I want to ask you about some, some po- political stuff, not so much what happened last night, but just your time in the uh, political process. But just kind of tell everybody what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I'm actually just retired now a couple weeks ago. You know, I'd help start – a, uh, a an online news service called 1819 News, and I told him I'd do that for a couple of years, and, and we started it and hit the numbers that I'd projected for two years within one year. And uh, to be honest, you know, I'm I mean I'm 67 years old, and 
and there's some family issues, and I thought it was just a good time to kind of do that. Before that, obviously, I'd worked for Congressman Gary Palmer for the last seven years running his office for him, and Gary, of course, an old Alabama football player, walk on back in the in the 70s, and his brother, David Palmer, not that David Palmer, but uh, a mm-hmm. linebacker that was a pretty good player in his own right. Um, so I'd known him a while and, and worked with him. So really when I left the paper in 2010, um, fell into working for BP during the oil spill and then ended up staying with them for a while and, and, and basically then uh, uh, did government affairs for Georgia Pacific and then Gary uh, called me up and said he was going to run for for Congress and would I you know run his office if he won? And just to be honest, I said yeah. And then I looked at my wife. I said Gary Palmer's not going to win this election. There's you know, and he did. And it was you know it was a great thing. And I I enjoyed it. I love working for him. It was eye opening in a lot of ways to be involved that closely in politics in Washington. And then this last year with eighteen nineteen, we really focused on trying to bring. Uh, a level of coverage to state politics, state government in a different way. And so, uh, um, yeah, a little bit of a different era to go out on. And, and um, uh, But I've enjoyed everything I've done. It's all been fun. What did you really, really like about working uh, with D.C. and Palmer? And what did you – what really just kind of made you uh, – Yeah, and, and you did, know – And did he know that you didn't think he was going to win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the phone calls were always just entertaining, and uh, uh, the, the staff always knew if it was a particularly different, difficult call to send it to me, and they would come and stand in my doorway and laugh because I you just get to a point where you go, I'm not taking this from you, you know. I mean, I'm, I was never ugly or rude to people, but I'd yell back. But they're going to yell at me, and you know, we go on. So, um, but the great thing was was because uh, I ran the district here in, in this the sixth district, uh, the, the mayors, the, the chambers of commerce, getting to know people, working with them, trying to help solve problems, how to get funding for a sewer system or how to get this done or school security when that was a big issue. And that was a lot of fun uh, to be quite honest. The, uh, and I would go to D.C. quite a bit. Uh, I'd always heard about that D.C. bubble, but it's true. The people that live in Washington, work in Washington, D.C., not all of them, but a lot of them, they think it's the center of the world. And they don't realize there's life out here in the hinterlands of the everyday person that's just trying to go to work and pay for gas and pay for groceries and do that stuff. And um, and that was really disappointing just to see how people kind of got ensconced in that circle and didn't really think about the people they were representing. Not Gary, don't misunderstand, but a lot of the other folks you could just tell were a little disconnected from their districts and from the people they were there to represent. Yeah, one of the wealthiest areas in the nation, right, D.C.? I'm sorry? Wealthy? One of the yeah. wealthiest oh, yeah, yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's an interesting city because it was created, and there's, you know, there's a lot of poverty in the people that live in the city itself, but yet... There are a lot of lobbyists, a lot of attorneys, a lot of judges, um, and it's again, and it is. It's arguably the most powerful capital in the world. Uh, we've always said the president's the most powerful man in the world, and and I, you know, we can debate that back and forth. But clearly, um, a lot of the world reflects what the United States does, and what the United States does originates out of Washington D.C. And it, so I understand that feeling, but it, it is kind of a. Um, Sometimes it is easy to lose sight of the people that you're working for who sent you up there to represent you and, and what their concerns are. All right. Uh, since you covered Herschel, I'm sure you know and covered his campaign and all that. Is that tire, <laughs> is that, that, is that going to break? You know, I ask you that and then we're going to get back to Florida. Yeah, I, I will say this. It, it's 
again, I think it's symbolic. The fact that Brian Kemp won fairly easily over Stacey Abrams in the governor's race. And yet I was reading and listening today how many people that voted for Brian Kemp but just did not vote in the Senate race. They just could not vote for Herschel, and they certainly couldn't vote for Raphael Warnock. Um, it was almost like in the last presidential election, if you take a state like Arizona, there were something like twenty to 30,000 ballots where people voted Republican all the way up to president and then just didn't vote because they just, for whatever reason, couldn't vote for for president trump and and i understand that you know i i i get that although i I voted for him and i think that's going to be the problem with herschel is that there are people that just feel like is this the best we got i mean these two and i'm not knocking herschel here well i am a little bit but i'm but warnock too are are you looking at these two guys and going this is the two best people you could put up for senate in the state of georgia and uh i like herschel he gives a great speech i think he's a, a, a good guy. He's certainly yeah, had yeah. issues. He's never run from them. He's never acted like they didn't exist. But I don't know what's going to happen. But it's going to be like last year. I, I, I think the 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 you know the advantage in the Senate will come down to that December fourth runoff between Warnock and Herschel Walker. And anytime you get a runoff, who knows what's going to happen? Well, I would ask you about Fetterman, but that one just absolutely baffles my mind. So anyway, baffle me too, man. Oh, just. Uh, no, but, Never, never mind. All right, let's let's. Well, go back. you know, and I'll say this about okay. just on no, politics. No, this is good. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I think what last night proved. We we talked about the red wave that was supposed to happen that didn't happen, and I think for all the dissatisfaction and the polls clearly say people don't think the president's doing a good job. We've got uh, the economy's a mess. People are concerned about the border. There's so many national issues. Yet when it comes time to vote, the old saying's true: politics are local. And what I found is. Everybody likes my guy, and we saw that 90% of all incumbents were reelected. So it's like everybody likes their guy. It's the other person's representative they don't like and thinks doing a horrible job. And we've, we're certainly a divided country, and I, I think Republican and Democrat has now become like being Auburn, Alabama. You're going to you, – you support your team, good or bad, you know, and, but politics shouldn't be that way. So I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing, though, is just it's no longer about – who the best person to really get us where we want to go is as much as do they have a D or an R by their name. And that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And yeah, quite and honestly, I voted for some of the libertarians. Yeah. It's amazing how, I mean, it's one thing when you're an Alabama and Auburn fan, you go out there, you cheer for, cheer for your team and you want them to win. Uh, and you have that one game, right? So you, you win, you, you brag about it all the type of, I mean, it's kind of gotten that way in politics. Now that people are not even looking at the policies, and, and some of the legislation that's being done, and they're just focused on, I'm a D, you're an R, and we're going to beat you. We're on the D yeah. team, we're on the R team. And I just, I'm like, you can't do that as a country. You can't become that polarized. No, and quite frankly, the problem is even some of the extreme Republicans and extreme Democrats have chased off good people that were moderate people that mm-hmm. really were quality folks trying to do the right thing. But because the extremes of both parties makes so much noise it just gets where it's just not worth and so good people just don't run because they don't want to put up with the crap and i get it i've seen it i've lived through it and and i admire gary palmer so much for sticking in there and putting up Mm -hmm. with it and fighting a good fight he really didn't want to at first did he yeah he really didn't but boy i'm certainly glad that he did all right when we come back i want to i want to kind of cordon us off we're going to talk about (laughs) wimp and stallings Okay. Okay. You and I both covered all of them, and Jay was there. 
Yeah. But man, what colorful people! Ancient history, but fun. <laughs> people, Ancient anyway, history. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we just celebrated our thirtieth anniversary for the night two team. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I was yeah. ten when we won it. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. <laughs> listening to the jay barker show live from the avx studios in downtown birmingham it's the tuscaloosa community calendar powered by pepsi we want to make sure that kids in our area have a merry christmas and here's how you can help out during the for tonight mostly fair with a low at 52 tomorrow the weather stays dry and mild the sky partly to mostly sunny the high 75 i'm james Spann on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 73 degrees in tuscaloosa Into the show as we wrap up hour number two, Ray Melican studio with us, and also Matt Coulter. I'm Jay Barker as we continue. And um, I want to get your thoughts this with this Ole Miss game coming up. I know we want to get into Sunny and I'm um, Sunny to Wimp Sanderson. Yeah, I can all you got to say Sunny and Wimp together, right? Because it's so many years. Um, <laughs> and then Gene Stallings, you want to talk about as well, Matt. But before we do that, the game this weekend against Ole Miss, and I brought this point up earlier, Ray, is that you know this could be Lane Kiffin's uh, shot as far as being able to take down Nick Saban, beat Nick Saban, and then also if he was to end up getting the Auburn head coaching job, I mean, what a great deal that would be for him, recruiting uh, just the uh, the expectations and kind of getting over that hurdle and, and then going and moving right across the state from from University of Alabama uh, if that happens. But y- your thoughts on, on the game this weekend, all those scenarios, and, and do you think Lane Kiffin is a real possible candidate for the Auburn Tigers? Well, you know, I, I do think the game is going to be really interesting, and it's, it's obviously that Lane Kiffin would like nothing better than to beat Nick Saban, and he's been so close. Even if you remember back at Tennessee uh, with with the game that took the, the block field goal to win that back, you know, in his one year at Tennessee. So this has kind of been that game that he just can't get past. Uh, he's an ex- certainly an exciting coach. He's a, he's a fun personality to be around. Um, and it, you know, it's a little bit like when Pat Dye took over Auburn. He'd been at, at, with, with Bear Bryant on his staff, and and people thought, well, there's no way he'd ever go up against Bear. I mean, he was, you know, even though he played at Georgia, he was kind of closely identified there. But he thought he could take Auburn and make something of it, and of course he did. Uh, so would Lane Kiffin do that? I I don't know. Lane calls his own shots. Uh, certainly, I think he wants a higher platform than Ole Miss. But would that be Auburn, or would he have a better chance of, you know, turning Ole Miss where he's got them right now and going somewhere else? I don't know. But this this weekend will be an interesting test, a bounce-back test for Alabama, and we don't see that a lot. I know you were talking with Roger earlier uh, and, and, and Matt about what will the mindset at Alabama. And I, I do think one of the things that Nick Saban, you know, he's always said this, and I've been around him enough to know it's true, he doesn't pay attention. He tells us, guys, the scoreboard doesn't matter. Just play the next play. Play it to the best of your ability. Do your assignment. Then do the next one, and we'll let the scoreboard take care of itself. And I think if he can get these guys thinking that way, then then they'll be fine, and it will be, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of Alabama fans are a little nervous over this game this weekend. And I, if Lane Kiffin doesn't pull a Johnny Majors and choke because it's such a big game, and Johnny was notorious for that at yeah. Tennessee – and we've seen guys go up against 
Nick Saban before and and lose their personality and such an you know to try to beat them so bad uh, and do stupid stuff and if Lane does that then he's going to find himself he just needs to go in and play his game with his players the way they do it and not try to do anything special and see how they match up with Alabama. All right, uh, we get a little bit on Stallings, but you and I were both. Uh, we worked with Wimp on air, sure. and, you know, together when we were all over at Jocks. But uh, covering him as a basketball coach and as a person was a, it was an interesting thing. I, I know this from personal appearance. Wimp was not beyond picking up the phone and calling you. Oh no! And yeah. saying, "Hey, why did you why did you say this? Why did yeah. you do that?" Uh, used to get calls sometimes 7 a.m. from his secretary, from Nancy, his secretary, and say, hey, Ray, Wimp wants to talk to you. And I'd always go, wait a second. I just give me a minute to wake up and tell me what he's mad about. You know, she, she was always good enough to go, okay, I'll give, I'm going to stall for you. And I think this is what he wants to talk to you about, whatever it is. Uh, I'll give you one great Wimp story. And, and the great thing about Wimp and Gene Stallings was this way too. And a lot of the old coaches were, you could have it out, but as soon as it was over, it was over. Yeah. You know, so one day I knew that that uh, uh, I came in. I knew Wimp was really unhappy with me. I came into practice. He sent a manager over and said, Coach Sanderson said that you're not allowed in practice. <laughs> and I said, well, the other beat writers are here. So either he kicks all of us out or he kicks nobody out. And if he's kicking just me out, he's going to hear from our lawyers, which is a pretty bold statement because I didn't know if that would be a case or not. So the kid ran out and told Wimp. And then the kid ran back over and said, Coach Sanderson says you can stay. And I said, you told Coach Sanderson I'm not about to stay in here where I'm not wanted. And I turned around and left. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, <Fine>. Anyway, uh, <laughs> love, I mean, we had so many of those stories. But at the same time, he just, you know, again, you get into it with him and then it's over. So uh, he called me one time. I had gone to Chattanooga to cover Gene Bartow's. 500th win, Max Shoemaker, the late Max Shoemaker, covered UAB. But Mac was in the hospital with cancer. And so I went to cover it, and he called me. He goes, what are you doing covering UAB? You're my beat writer. You're not supposed to be up there. And I said, well, Wimp. You're my. Max Shoemaker. Yeah, I said, Max Shoemaker's in the hospital dying of cancer. And there was this pause. Well, I'm sorry about Mac, but you're not supposed to be up there. <laughs> so anyway. It was, it was good. People say all the time, do you miss it? And I always say, if it's like it was back in the 80s and 90s, I'd still be doing it. I loved it. But, it, again, as we all know, it, uh, media and the relationships changed in the 2000s, and um, it just wasn't the fun, kind of fun we all had. Uh-huh. I used to hear from Jay Barker's dad way back in the day, you know, yeah. good mm-hmm. or bad. <laughs> so you don't get that much anymore. Uh, I don't think you get it all. Um, go ahead, Jay. No, I'm just going to say, I mean, yeah, it's just so different. I mean, even, I mean, and Ray, Matt, you remember this. I mean, you could walk up to our um, weight room and the doors were wide open and we'd have fans yeah. walk in. We'd have, you know, high school coaches, players, uh, you know, we were very good. I was talking to somebody last night about our two nights about this. You would know the name of a guy who was an athletic department for many years and retired. And um, I said, you know, it's just so different. I said, I've talked to Braxton and talked to, Sarah Ashley and you know other kids of mine that have that have been on on campus and, and as athletes and now Braxton's a coach and said you know how close are y'all to the baseball team how close are you to the volleyball or the or the gymnastics or you know all the team we were all so close at that time we, we we all partied together we all went out together we all did think we lived yeah. in the dorm with the basketball team I mean it was just like an it was an open door it wasn't everybody kind of put off to one side of the football players or put over here and held up to this you know. 
certain level, even though we were, but still it wasn't, it, that wasn't the temperament on campus is that we were all the same. If you went into the, to get a, a, a counselor or somebody to help you with school, you, the gymnast got the same type of attention. I'm not saying it's not the same way now, but we were so much closer and everything was so, it, I mean, now it's like, you got to have a thumbprint. You got to have to get in there. I mean, it's just so different. You can't just walk in. I mean, fans could have, if they wanted to actually just walk into Coach Stalin's office and, and said, Hey, can I speak to Coach Stalin's and probably would have gotten in. <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. Uh, and yeah, I had free reign to assistant coaches' offices. I'd be walking up down the hall, and and you know, hey, coach, you got a minute? Yeah, sure, sit down. And we all knew each other. We knew each other's mm-hmm. families. Uh, and you're right, Jay. It was just, uh, and, and you know, go out there on practice, and and uh, I still use uh, a lot of the stuff that I again. I, so much respect for Homer Smith. His attention to detail. I, I teach Sunday school classes, and, and and when I talk about discipline and the little things, and I'll use things that I watched Homer Smith do with you guys, you know, getting on his back under the center to make yes. sure your hands were in the exact right position on every snap. I he mean, had a sound. Jay Barker had been taking snaps his whole life, but yeah. you know he wanted yeah. to make sure that little thing was right, and that's mm-hmm. that's a lesson for life there. So, um, anyway, it, yeah, one, I'll give it, you Homer Smith uh, one that cracked me up. We were we were doing, and finally he. We did third down live, and he, he finally just looked at me and said, look, you know, this is stacked against us, you know, this defense or whatever. He goes, we're just going to play. We're going to throw fade routes this entire third and, you know, third and long. And I was so happy because I wasn't going to get hit because we were live at that. We didn't have the, the jerseys and stuff. Yeah. But one time we did a, a hard count, and he said, don't anybody move. Don't anybody. And one of our running backs who moved all the time, um, he, he was very, like, funny with him. So, I'm going up there, and I'm going through the count. I'm a shotgun, and I'm saying, all of a sudden, I see him out of the corner of my eye, and I kind of look back, and he slides underneath the running back and goes, boo, underneath, under, looking up at him from underneath his feet. <laughs> and I was like, this guy goes to all this. That guy, he quoted scripture to me. He quoted, he, he was a, Hi, uh, this is Wes uh, had like a doctorate the- in theology. Uh Remarkable man. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, uh, man, you're too smart to be a degree football in coach. theology from Harvard. One of 